And I'm also delighted now to be joined by Declan. Now, Declan was one of our first few on Ross FM and definitely behind the scenes a lot of the time as well. Did a lot of work to get Ross FM going. But he's out here this evening in Spree Barn. And I'm delighted to be joined by him here. And he's going to sing some fabulous music. Tell us, Declan, when did you begin singing? And I suppose, what sparked the passion? Oh, uh, I grew up with it. My dad was always singing. And uh, my na- couple of neighbours were always singing. And... Uh, Kind of grew up with it, and then uh, as we were getting older, kind of got into different music, and uh, in later years went back to the old tradition and stuff. And Perfect. And have you do you compose anything, or was there any, or have you some favourite songs? And what what would we expect to hear from you tonight? Um, I vary them as much as I can. If, if I like a song, if I like the story of a song, there has to be a story to my songs. And if I like the story, I'll, I'll sing it. And even if I have to change the air, I'll change it. <laughs> no, but I love that. I like that. No, I like that. The creativity of it. And again, I think definitely a song. There's no point singing music unless you actually enjoy it or feel a resonance with it yourself. So I think you're spot on in what you said there. You pick songs that you like the story to. And you're not afraid to adapt and change it. And I think that's what makes your versions of it. You take a song and you give it your version, which is what great singers do. Well, that has happened with ballads through the centuries. A lot of the old ballads, uh, and people don't realise, even popular ballads that have become popular through the folk revival with the Clancy Brothers and the Dubliners and those, a lot of those old ballads, um, a lot of them are 300 years old, 400 years old. Wow. And uh, the actual story of them, the original story of them, uh, a lot of them go back to biblical times even. And there were just stories that were carried on and uh, different poets along the way and um, changed the words and made up new songs and they put the word carrying the story, the same story. Um, there's a lot of ballads like songs like Barbie Allen, which is a very popular ballad. There's probably uh, probably 300 different versions of that song that have been recorded. Wow. And, uh, you know, so do you know what I'm saying? That yeah. Different people add little bits to it and bits of other songs creep into some of the big ballads as well if if they're of a similar theme, you know. You borrow a verse from another song to enhance your own song, you know, that kind of thing. This is exactly... You, you really captured that. That's exactly what it is. It's they, they make it their own and they're not afraid to, you know, enhance that. Yeah. I do that all the time. And you're dead right. Joe, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you're going to sing tonight and your take of the songs. Because there's no there's no point in... Uh, 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 the first man that got me into the... really got me into the traditional circle, if you like, was a guy down in Spansel Hill in County Clare. His name was Robbie McMahon. And I met Robbie about 35 years ago in, in Milltown, Malbay. And he dragged me into a session... And I was kind of singing country songs at that time, you know, and, yes. and maybe some of the popular ones that maybe the Dubliners had done or Clancy's, you know. But, um, and, and I was copying those guys. And Robbie says, make the song your own. He said, you have a great voice, but make the song your own. And from then on, I began to think about it. Like, I wasn't thinking about yeah. what I was singing. Yeah. I was just singing songs because I liked it. And, um, but I started to think about them. And uh, 
But you wouldn't want to think too much because I I, I probably think too much now because I, <laughs> no, I take but, it awfully serious now. No, but I think no, but you know what? I think that's fabulous and that's the art of the craft, isn't it? That's that's the that's the real McCoy of the singers. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a, I hope you have a beautiful evening. Enjoy the music and we're looking forward to hearing you sing that. Thank you very much. Take care. Yeah, you too. guest here this evening tell us introduce yourself and you also are on radio as well yourself yes uh, kevin rohan yeah i come from tyquin coldmanstown balanceslow and i work for galway bay fm i have a program every sunday morning from seven o'clock until nine o'clock in well, the morning and you're out here this evening and you're going to play some fabulous music i think it's i love bumping into radio pals now as i say i love bumping into you guys tell us what instrument do you play i play i play a fiddle you play a fiddle i play a little bit on banjo and mandolin and uh, all string instruments as you know are nearly yeah. the same fingering well this is it and they're and difficult yeah string instruments are difficult so uh fiddle is my first love first love yeah and I play a lot of traditional, little, little bit of bluegrass and yeah, bit of nice your, your hand strauss. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely mix for everyone. <laughs> yes. Well, Annie, what tunes are you going to play tonight? Well, uh, I suppose we'll, we'll we'll just pick them out. Yeah. As, as soon as we sit down. Nice and sporadically. That's the way right. to do it, isn't it? Oh, that's the way Choose to do it. Choose the atmosphere. All spontaneous. All spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. I love it. For anyone listening, when did you begin playing? I suppose ten or fifteen minutes time. But when when did you begin when you were? Oh, I, my father. My father played the fiddle, and my mother played the accordion. Oh, yeah. So it's been I, in the I started when I was eight or nine years of age. I suppose oh, maybe a little bit before that. You're putting in the hours. And. Uh, I loved the kitchen dances at uh, that time. I'm talking about the 40s and 50s. Wow. Yes. Cheekers, wouldn't think it now. So that's it. My God, well, thanks for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the evening. We'll definitely have to get some videos if you play it. Well, thank you very much, uh, Claire. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. And that was the interviews with Spree Barn. was so such a privilege to be a part of the fabulous atmosphere out there. But as well, earlier on in the week, I also got to catch up with Martin Mannion. Um, and he was telling me all about this fantastic relic, a 17th century relic. So we're going to play the chat now we had with Martin. Good morning. You are listening to Good Morning Ross Common Live every Tuesday morning between 9 and 11 a.m. I'm your host, Kira Lawless, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Paddy Mannion. Paddy, tell us, you have a beautiful cross here in front of me, a penal cross. What is the story behind it? 
This cross now is a, a penal cross, and it goes back to 1762, and it is in my family or in my ancestors for the, since that time. I suppose it was given to us, or to my ancestors, by a, a priest who was on their own. And so he, they have kept it in safe hands up to now, and it has passed down every, every generation to now, and I'm the last, the last one that has it, unless the, the young ones learn to keep it. And I think everyone in the family want to hold on to it as, as a, a sort of a relic of the past. Well, this is it, and I think you were telling me as well earlier on about the caves as well. So for anyone listening in as well that might not be aware of that, priests used to hide things in caves exactly when they were escaping. Can you tell people about that? Yeah, the people at that time when they collect around a, around a, a mass rock, uh, and there was always some on the lookout. And if they saw the English coming at that time, the, the Protestants, they'd uh, gather up and tell the priest and... He'd, he'd pass on his, his vestments and his chalices and the horse and all that and to be put into the cave beside the, beside the mass rock so that he'd be able to get away in the clothes of the, the people that was there beside him. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be dressed in priest's clothes at all and uh, he was able to mingle with the people and then go off in their the own way like, and all would be safe because... They'd be hidden behind the the the, um, the rocks in in the cave, so that whoever come in, they couldn't go past them. But they they were vulnerable. The ones who was oh, coming in, okay. they could hit them or, or drive them back with swords. Wow! So they couldn't get in. The ones who was coming in was vulnerable. They were vulnerable. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was the way they were held, and that's the way the the, the penal crosses were. Um, held in these caves. Held as well. Yeah. And I think you showed me a trick there as well. So they could fit the penal cross up yeah. their sleeve. Yeah. If, if the priest got it, got it, had to go in a hurry, from the and he couldn't leave the cross behind him. Or it, it was not right to leave the cross behind him. <laughs> He'd shove it up his sleeve, and that's why they were so thin. The 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 arms of it were so thin that it could shove it up uh, between their vestments, yes, and it was hidden, and it wouldn't be seen. Wow. And how old again is this for anyone listening? 1762, this one is. Wow. This one is. And like I said, there's beautiful sketchings on it, isn't there? Yeah, it has a lot of sketchings and a lot of... Every, every sketch that's on it has, has a meaning. It's a meaning. Um, chalices and, and maybe the horse was in it as well. I don't really know what's, what's in it. I think that's a chalice. Yeah, it, looks, yeah, it definitely looks like it. And uh, I, um, people that, that uh, are into that now would know more about it than me. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating, and it's uh, as well. It's very unusual. It's not like your regular cross we see today. Again, it has that slimmer shape. Yeah, Yeah. and it's long. And it's long. What type of wood would you think that one is is made of? It's oak. Oak wood. Yeah, I'd say it's oak. Wow. Has it got got omega writing on it as well? It has, you know, but uh, I I wouldn't know about that now. You know, it's only what I've heard about it. But there's an awful lot of design in it. Yeah. An awful lot of design carved into it. It's absolutely fascinating, I suppose, because back in those times as well, if, if this is really oak um, that we're looking at, oak back then would have been considered very, very spiritual and yeah, um, yeah, they would yeah. have, you know, they would have journeyed with it the was, oak and things it, like that. It was more spiritual, oak was that time, uh, that, that era. And the fact that it has stood the test of time now without any marks or anything like that in it. 
It's absolutely fascinating, guys. And it's is it's naturally is it that natural dark colour or how come the there's such a dark colour? Would they've used anything on it back then no, to, to no, keep no, to preserve no, preserve it or no, there was nothing used on it. It's just the the, the colouring of it. Absolutely beautiful, guys. Um, I'm going to stick a picture as well up on social media as well for anyone listening in to have a look. Thank you so much, Paddy, for coming on this morning. Thanks for your for your uh, courtesy. Have a great day. Thank you. And that was the interview with Martin Mannion. Um, absolutely fascinating. I found it looking at that cross. Um, I'm really into history and all those things. So that was beautiful to hold a piece of history. And then we're going to be straight to the fabulous interview I had with Pat Noon um, I suppose he's a, he's, a, he's a historian among as well um, he's a farmer and he has this beautiful historic land in his cusp um, that he's been he's grown up on and it's been passed throughout the generations and there's a fertility stone there, there's the old dolmens and there's a fairy um, fairy fort there as well there's the portal for the fairy world um, he also has um, burial tombs as well belong to the Celts as well absolutely fascinating to go and visit his farm and he gave us a full tour so I'd like to welcome Kira here from Roscommon uh, radio station here, men from the Scotland Highlands of Scotland and two more ladies here as well we're just doing a little interview here about this farm here, which is an ancient and traditional farm, and I have to emphasise traditional again, because we're mixed farm here with cattle, sheep and horses, and we keep a few pigs for the table as well. Uh, the, the fairies has appeared here on a lot of occasions, not just to me, but to other people. So we have a few different items here, we will start here with a few standing stones and a fertility stone over here beyond and then we'll cross the railway and we will um, show you where I have a curtain where an Irish chieftain is buried, a fairy fort and a portal to the fairy world. And we have a few different things here we will talk about. But I suppose the first thing here is these standing stones here where there's an eagle's head on it. You can see the eagle's head there if you move over here to the, the left-hand side and stand somewhere here. You can see the eagle. An eagle is big in shamanism even today. But imagine the way it was that time these stones was picked up out of the ground and placed here. Wow. I have another stone over here beyond where there's a fox print in it. And people thought mm. I came here and cut these out with a hatchet. You know. But as you can see, no man's hand has been left to these. This field here was known as the fairy field and in 1840s it was split with the railway and the train will be passing in a minute. I can hear it live in Woodlawn Railway Station. And when they dug out the railway, they found seven halibut swords, which was the biggest swords found in Ireland and they're in a British museum. They were bronze. They were stuck down in a ritual manner. And they were shaped in the shape of, I suppose, a crane's neck. That's the train that's going to Dublin now from Galway. We let it pass. But they were stuck down and they were the shape of a crane's neck. And the crane was synonymous with magic. These swords had nothing to do with fighting. They had to do with ritual. 
and human ritual was huge on those days. So we know this whole area here is a big ancient place from written history and what you can see. You can see the fairy tree there in front of you leaning over that stone. More fairy trees here. Yeah. But if you have any questions, throw them at me. Just this one here, where the fox imprint, I what will, do you think? I will bring you over to show it to you. When was the stone laid down? Anything from 6,000 years ago to a couple of hundred. So this wow. looks like it might have been a batter. Oh, wow. Yeah, this we, is incredible. We don't know. There's no written history in these. Yeah. And how are these? these That's stuff? all from water. That oh. came out from under a waterfall and it's shaped in the shape of wow. a scallop as oh, well. It is. Yeah, that's you true. can see the shape of a scallop and if you that's fishermen. Your your people was fishermen in Scotland. There's a scallop. Yeah. So yeah. you, you that, that looks like a bit of sea rock actually. You know. So we, we don't know anything. There's no written history in these. Just wow. below the house there was a big stone circle as well, but that's gone. In De Valera's road widening years in the forties he knocked it. Now, there was a few stones standing on the road, but our people, governments and councils didn't put a marker on them and a tag, and they had been knocked. God, Is there any remains left in there, or have they retrieved There's no digging allowed here. Of any shape, I own this land. Governments has tried to come and massage me with little goodie bags, grants, money, and everything. But there'll be no digging done here. Because when you start digging, you take the energy out of the ground, just like they did in Newgrange. Yeah. So this is what whatever they found is belong to the Halliburts up there and in Dublin or London or wherever there. Now, in saying that, there is a lot of people has tried to do a lot of things here, but not one of them has given me a helping hand to get up and running at what I'm at and showing the world and what I'm doing. Okay. You know, and I'm very grateful for Roscommon FM to come here. Was there anything on top of it? There was like a little fort on top of it, a stone circle, as you can see. Yeah. And now you won't see that in summertime with the grasses. Oh, right. But wow. you can see that stone circle there. It's plain as day on the top Excellent. of it. Wow. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, and it's nothing unusual, no. I suppose, here. We're looking at stone circles and monuments every day. But we know it. It's there. Yeah. Nobody can take it away from us. Yeah. No, 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 no matter what people say. And a lot of people have said a lot of things about me when I went on the radio. Let the whole stuff go. It's backward and it's this, that and the other and keep moving forward. But we have to look back to go forward. Absolutely. Yeah. We have to look back to go forward and not be afraid of our history. Yeah. Uh, we have, a, we have a, a, a checkered history like every other country, but we're a great race of people. We're the best race of people in the world. This fertility stone here is on this farm. A lot of people comes here that can't have kids. I have great success with it. Brilliant. I won't say 100%. There's nothing 100% on debt. But I have great success with people that has, hasn't had the, 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 the joy of having kids. They come here to this stone. I do the healings on them as well. People comes here for fertility of life. 
people comes here for partners. People comes here, farmers comes here for fertility of crops, which if you don't have, you have nothing. It's a big, big thing here. There's at least three people a month comes to this stone for help. So it's a great thing. Any questions before we go? How old would it be, roughly? How old would it be? I suppose it predates Christianity. So we'll, we'll leave it three and a half, four thousand years old. So the wow. Barrel, yes. That, they, they could be, they're all old. All these stones as old as you can see the way they're weathered. They're, they're thousands of years old. They're passed down in folklore. So is there folklore stories about it? Of course there is. There's folklore stories about all this. This is... I'm only carrying on the tradition of what was here. I'm only, I'm only passing it on. I suppose I'm, I'm a bard. Yeah. I don't write down anything. I'm not a man of the pencil or a man of the scribe. Mm. I'm a man of the tongue. Yeah. I carry stories from one place to the next, and I tell them. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very lucky thing to have here. I do have great fertility and stock as well, and always have have, have a, a, a touch of the luck with me with them. So we'll go up across the railway here and we'll go up to the fairy field. Thanks, Pat. So here, I suppose, we have entered the fairy field now. This is a mystical field. The fairies has appeared here on a lot of occasions, not just to me, but to other people. And as you've seen, Kira, the... the, the the sculpture of the white lady that a sculptor done here of her. She appeared here on a few occasions and turns into a cat. The banshee appeared here on a good few occasions and she's not the banshee, they're two different females. But right in front of us here is the curtain. It's three and a half, four thousand years old. It's where an Irish chieftain is buried. I'm lucky enough to be say it's the only one in Galway but I do be very careful in saying that because a farmer could come back and say he has a clause line between two of them <laughs> so you never know what you'll say that someone will contradict you and beside the curtain there where the cow is on that hill that hill is as old as Newgrange where the white tartan trees is mm-hmm. the fairy trees there's a tunnel in that and a big stone at the front of it mm-hmm. then I have a fairy fort out here abroad where the fairies live and associate, it's a ring fort, a lis. A very magical place when you go into it. A lot of people experience different things. But I'm going to take you down here to the portal to the fairy world, where I suppose the likes of WB Yeats and people like that made them very um, popular and open. And you couldn't be recorded at a better time than coming, in, coming out of the, 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 the Christian Halloween and coming in to the pagan Halloween the 7th and 8th of November so we're entitled to have a bit of magic down here I'll put nothing into your head and we can go in and see what you think is that fair enough? Yeah, looking forward to it I suppose Kira here now is the entrance to the the portal to the fairy world where the, the line of of, 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 of of earth is very um, is very thin in the veil you know and especially this month where the spirits come out 
and the spirits of the fairies come out and they're all mixed together, one, one, no, the next from the next. But I will go in here, I'll hold on to the three, and when I come out, one of ye guys can go in. I'll put nothing in your heads whatsoever, and you can experience something if there's something there, and if there's not there, that even makes it more real. So I'll go in there, Kira, and when I come out, This tree here now, Kira, I suppose, is the white thorn, hawthorn tree. They live to be about 500 years old. And when they die, there's a small shoot will come out at the bottom. So it's called the Eternal Tree of Ireland. And it's built here. This one is here on a stone circle as well. Some of the stones are still here. But a lot of people on May morning would come to this tree here and rub the dew off the grass to make their faces look. Younger, younger complexion. Now you've no need for any of that, guys. So don't, <laughs> so don't, don't be clogging up the pieces, the place next May. <laughs> but and, and on May morning, farmers would go and take other farmers' look out on the fields. They would make a hay rope and pull it through their fields, and they have words to do it. I have the words. I can take your look as well. I can put a curse on you, or I can break a curse. So we have a lot of powers here and this farm here, but the, you can see the haws is prominent on at this day of the year. Yeah. You can make a haw tincture out of them. And in springtime, you can eat the, the, the leaves of this tree, put them on your porridge or make tea out of it, and it's a great heart medicine. Wow. So any questions before we knock off this for another bit of a walk? What would you make? Have you often had the tea? What's it like? The tea is actually very nice. It's 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 an earthy tea. I would all I would do is put them on on, on, on in a teapot and let it stew for five or six minutes and have it. And I might put a little in a lamp of it, and it's pure medicine. Wow. I suppose we're 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 entering to go to enter the the, the list fairy fort mound or monument or whatever you like to call it and I'm lucky enough to have this here on our land as well a lot of fairy forts in Ireland has no power they have nothing whatsoever they were built as follies lookalikes and you can see why with all the invasions we had for thousands of years but most fairy forts is built on ley lines ley lands energy sources and this one especially is here a lot of things has happened here a lot of visions a lot of great things has happened to people a lot of experiences not just to me but to other people and I always ask before I go in for permission to come in here which is very important and back in the days gone by I suppose up to the 60s people that would have kids out of wedlock and wouldn't be baptised in the mainstream churches, they couldn't be buried in the graveyards so they would come to places like this in Ireland to bury the child's body and the fairies would take them to Middle Earth to the great spirituality of Middle Earth the fairies' spirituality never let the Irish down never and never will never forget that it stuck with us forever and ever and ever. So we're going to go in here to this little fort and have a little look and tie on our things here 
as a thank you or a wish. I always do a thank you. Other people do as wishes, but I'm not going to govern over other people. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. So we'll... But this tree here, I suppose, is a horse chestnut tree. It fell over around 150 years ago and is still producing fruit. And it's, 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 it's an unusual tree. I have a few unusual trees here, as I showed you the ash tree earlier on. And I'm going to show you a yew tree here as well, which is grown at the back of this old monastery or old house here. And it's grown out in the farm and it's highly poisonous to livestock, but mine grazes in under it. So I'm going to let you bring home a few conkers here and sow them in your gardens. Thank you, Pat. That'll be no amazing. No problem. Now, Kira, I'm just showing you this tree here with the white thing growing down along the back of it. That's called lichened. And if you're ever out in a forest and you get lost, that's always near enough face the north. So you'll know if you face that, that, that that's north. And there's a cure in it as well cattle will lick it that has bad stomachs or sheep or horses and so will we but ye, ye, ye more temperate guys will be able to buy it in a health shop thank you for that no problem. that's amazing we'll all know that now for when we're going around the forests trying to find the the exit as we said if you see someone licking a tree <laughs> licking a tree <laughs> i love it no guys this is the yew tree here this was brought down as a sapling by the the Abbot of Kilconnell Monastery 800, 900 years ago. It's still growing here. It's highly poisonous to livestock, but I never lost any livestock, as you can see the raisin in and out under it. It was a blessed tree. And it's the tree of life as well. It's like the white tartan tree. I'm very lucky to have it here. Wow. They regenerate themselves into the... They do. Into the roots. They do. That's why you find them in churchyards, actually. Yeah. But that's all I have to show you guys, and I hope you I hope you enjoyed the tour. Okay. Thank you so much, Pat. It's been an absolute honour to, to be here and to go among all the sites and the history. And you brought the culture and the whole lot to life. Well, thank you very much. And any of you that wants a healing, someday give me a shout. I won't do it this evening, Annie. <laughs> I have not time. I have to go farking outside. Let you know. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Nice to you up in that, sir. Yeah, well, I do the healing with the copper wire. I'm a big energy healer, and I have a lot of cures and different things as well. I wouldn't... There's only one man can cure anything, and his name is God. So never let anyone try and take his place, or he'll have a big laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much Thanks. for having a lovely Thank evening. You. Thank you. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. And that was the interview with Pat Noon out in outside there of Ahaskra. I'm delighted to be joined by Neve on the line. Neve, can you hear me? Hi, Kira. How are you? Not so bad. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's been a, it's a joy to have you on. So for anyone listening in, Neve, just tell us about yourself, how you came up with the idea to start the craft fair and I suppose your own business. Yeah, um, so I run a small little business in Newbridge. Um, it's called Kalyan Mountain Design. So it's K-I-L-L-Y-A-N, Mountain Design. Um, I refinish and upcycle vintage and modern furniture. Um, most of my work kind of comes from people who have furniture that they bought years ago or maybe they've inherited from family and friends and it doesn't really fit in with their style. So they come to me and we come up with a new look and feel for it. And then I, I suppose, execute that. So I strip it back to its original base and I paint, varnish um, and reupholster it. Fabulous. Um, yeah, so... 
Um, I suppose I started that business um, just after lockdown and I was looking to, I suppose, get in touch with other creative people in the community. Um, it's really important when you're, I suppose, an artist or a craftsperson to have a good network of creative people around you. Um, and with a bit of a push from my mum and my sister, we decided to um, run an Easter fair earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and it was a great way. I was actually really surprised by how many creative people were around and I suppose all the different mediums that they were working in. So, um, yeah, we had a fair at Easter and we had a, a lot of people from the local area attend um, and it was a great way to meet the community as well. Um, and it just went really, really well. So we decided that we'd run it again for Christmas. So um, we have another fair coming up on the weekend of the 26th and 27th of November. Um, and we'll be promoting uh, local Irish businesses, which is really important. Um, and it's a great way for the vendors to, I suppose, meet their customers and for people to see their work, you know, in person, as everything's online these days. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of uh, local businesses attending. Um, we'll have um, some wonderful paintings from artists like Sabina Egan and Claire Long. Um, we have handmade wooden toys um, and sewing from Crafts by Caroline. Um, we'll have some beautiful baked goods by Jane Toomey in Mount Bellew. Um, Fabulous. And cakes. Yeah. Um, lots, lots more, yeah. God, it, it sounds like it's going to be an amazing event and things like that. You've how many? If you is there total on store and stalls there? Or are you still look? Is there anyone else that could come in? Are you fully booked? We are almost fully booked. We still have spaces. So if anyone would like to join us, um, they can give us a shout on our Facebook page. Um, it's called Newbridge Christmas Artisan Fair, um, and I'll be replying to anyone. So yeah, I mean, please reach out. We'd love to have more people along. Fabulous. And just there again, where is it on and what time is it kicking off for anyone who's just tuned in? Yeah, so it's on um, Saturday 26th and Sunday 27th of November. Um, it's in the Newbridge Community Hall. Um, it will be open from 11am to 4pm each day. And we'll also have Santa's elves there on the day to help the kids write their letters and post them to Santa. So please Fabulous. visit the along. I love that. That's a fantastic idea. And again, Newbridge as well. There's so many fabulous things happening out there. And it's in the, I suppose, the community centre. It's, it's a lovely site. There's the garden there beside it with all the the natural wildlife and everything. So it's beautiful. Um, it's a lovely place to have it, isn't it? It really, really is. Yeah, Sheila Flanagan and the crew down at the, the community hall do a great job of looking after the area. And they've made it just so welcoming and so lovely. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a great day. And um, we hope to see loads of people there. Absolutely, and for anyone listening as well, Sheila, if they're interested in the furniture as well, can you call out your social media details as well so people can get in touch? Oh yeah, so my social media is, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and it's at Kaline Mountain Design for both. Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much, Sheila, for coming on this, or or thank you so much, Neve, for coming on this morning and sharing everything that you're doing with the craft fairs, and definitely we'll have to have you on again, because I suppose you probably have another Easter one as well coming up. Hopefully, yeah, for the new year, definitely. <laughs> it's amazing. I think you're so right when you get, you know, it's about bringing that creative community together and you definitely feel a lot more supported and as well because you came down from Dublin. I did, yeah. I left a kind of a corporate career up there and I came down just before um, COVID, so lockdown hit and it was a bit of a, a, a I suppose, um, a stop to my plans, but um, I found plans and uh, met lots of great people, so. Absolutely. And how have you been finding Roscommon? 
there's so much going oh, on down here, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I love the area. It's great. Everyone's been so nice and um, really, really supportive. So, yeah, no, it's brilliant. Awesome, awesome. We'll definitely be sure. We'll sure share everything, I suppose, on social media, guys, for anyone listening in. And you might have missed out there on dates or anything like that. It'll be all up on social media there on our Instagram, rossfm 946 um, so definitely check that out. We'll be sharing all our information as well there today. Thank you so much for coming on, Neve. Thank you, Kira. Have you a fabulous care. morning. You too. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So, guys, Bye. that was Neve, um, and they have their fantastic craft fair coming up. So. Definitely